Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility via natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naterna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello. We are doing a supplement spotlight today, and that is on DHEA. So DHA gets a lot of buzz in the fertility realm, especially as it pertains to ovarian insufficiency or low ovarian reserve. And, you know, there was a study that I'll get into a little bit later on the podcast um, where it showed that it, it has the potential to increase ovarian reserve. So if you have a low AMH number, you know, oftentimes this is a go-to. Now, in some cases it doesn't help. In some cases it can do harm. And so in these uh, podcasts, I like to sort of give you a bit more explanation about what it is, who it's for, who it's not for, dosages, and all of the things. So so let's jump in. For this podcast, you need basically two definitions to understand what's going on. One is AMH, anti-malarian hormone, um, and that's an indicator of ovarian reserve or egg count. It's also an indicator of ovarian aging. So if your AMH is above one, generally that's considered you know, normal depending on your age. Now, you know, if you're in your 20s, you should have an AMH of two or above. If you are in your 30s, maybe it should be like 1.5 and above towards the end of your 30s and early 40s, it's going to be around one or maybe even lower. So it, it decreases as you age, but some people have lower AMH at younger ages. Like for example, when I was 30, my AMH was only around one. So I had low ovarian reserve. And, and so that the, you know, the discussion on like what creates that issue. I've done other podcasts on that and I'm happy to answer questions about it. If anybody wants to DM me, I can address more via social media or another podcast. But for the purposes of this discussion, we're talking about how the effect of DHEA on AMH or anti-malarian hormone. If your AMH is low, you also are not likely to have very good success with IVF because IVF is all about re- recruiting more follicles, more eggs. And when you have a low egg count, you don't tend to make a lot of eggs. And so low AMH sometimes, like women with low AMH sometimes do better just trying naturally to get pregnant. Okay. The other definition is DHEA, which is dehydroepiandrosterone. And it's not exactly a hormone. It's more considered a pro-hormone, meaning like a precursor to making hormones. And it's it's secreted in large amounts by your adrenal glands, which are your stress hormone glands that sit on top of your kidneys and secrete your hormones like cortisol and adrenaline and epinephrine. And these can also be precursors. Um, DHEA and, and cortisol can create other hormones or they're needed to create other hormones. And DHEA can actually be metabolized into active 
androgenic and estrogenic compounds such as testosterone and estrogen, which are, you know, major hormones needed for growth and reproduction. It kind of works, interestingly, like a natural anabolic steroid. And so it can help with inflammation. It boosts production of natural growth hormones that help build lean muscle, fight fat accumulation. And that's why it's a popular supplement or a popular ingredient in supplements for athletes and bodybuilders. It's also used as female androgen replacement. Androgens are male hormones, by the way. And we have, as women, testosterone in our body, which, again, is good for fighting fat and for lean muscle, and it's also good for our libido. So DHEA can be helpful for sexual function in men and women, building muscle, enhancing libido, increasing energy, improving cognitive function, fighting depression, and mental health issues. As stated, it increases AMH in some cases. It fights inflammation. It's good for bone density, erectile dysfunction, amongst other issues. So it's a pretty important hormone uh, or pro-hormone in our body. It has a lot of functions, but that doesn't mean that supplementing it is necessarily a good idea for everyone. Over the years, I've been diligently working away at crafting effective herbal blends for a variety of fertility challenges. My newest blend, the Egg Quality Formula, has been clinically proven to improve chances of pregnancy in women with low ovarian reserve, poor egg quality, and those of advanced maternal age. It's available for sale at junkjuicemagic.com or naturnalife.com or by contacting us at the Naturna Institute at info at or DM us on Instagram. Just because something is a supplement doesn't mean it's harmless. So the thing with DHEA, as I mentioned, like it can decline with age, just like AMH does. And sometimes the decline of DHEA is associated with like certain issues. So decline in DHEA is associated with lower libido, is associated with having difficulty building muscle. It's associated with erectile dysfunction. And it's also like lower DHEA levels are associated with lower AMH and higher DHEA levels are associated with higher AMH. So it's been reported you know, if you supplement it, that it can improve egg and embryo yield. So the amount of eggs and embryos produced and the egg and embryo quality in women with diminished ovarian reserve. It was a small study of 120 consecutive patients with diminished ovarian reserve, and they supplemented it for between 30 and 120 days. And it showed an increase in in ovarian reserve, an increase in the AMH number and an increased rendering of you know, the eggs and embryos with, with IVF. Low levels of circulating DHEA because they're associated with diminished libido and other issues of sexual dysfunction, it would make sense to want to know if you have low levels <laughs> to be able to supplement them. Low levels of DHEA have also been associated with, ta- like, besides aging, by taking various drugs and other kind of non-hormonal disorders, like I assume things that exhaust your body, like autoimmune disorders, for example. DHEA, you know, when I originally learned about it, it was more of a treatment for adrenal insufficiency. So like when you become really tired from chronic stress, either physiological or emotional, physiological chronic stress is like an autoimmune disease or some kind of thing that you're fighting or recovering from an illness. And, you know, emotional stress is emotional stress. Like we have stressors and we keep being stressed and we're constantly in fight or flight and that will exhaust our adrenals. And so people would supplement with DHEA to kind of bring adrenal function back and get energy back and, you know, get focus back and things. 
but it's not necessarily a good idea to supplement it in, unless you kind of know you're lower in it and you can measure that. So there's a test I really like. It's called the Dutch test. We offer it through the Naturna Institute. You can visit uh, naturnalife.com or christinaburns.com and, and it's available there. And there are different versions of the Dutch test. So you could measure just your DHEA and like your cortisol rhythm to see what's going on with your adrenal glands. Or you can measure it in relationship to your female sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone and testosterone to see what's going on with those. So it can be pretty quick and pretty inexpensive to check it out. You can sort of measure DHEA via blood tests, labs, um, but it's not exactly the same. Like it's better to do it with saliva or urine. You get a better read on it. Once you know if you know, your levels are low, this would be a good indicator of whether you should supplement it. Like a lot of people are just recommended to supplement it because they have low ovarian reserve, which is also fine. Like I understand that approach and you can try it. I would just, if you're going to do it that way, I would, I would just like start with a low dose kind of thing rather than going too high because, you know, some of the side effects of it are anxiety, acne, rage, sleeplessness, and elevated testosterone. So this brings me to who is it not for? It's pretty controversial, this supplement. Like, you'll have some doctors that are like, take it. It's it's a great supplement for low ovarian reserve. And then you'll have others that are just like, the risk outweighs the benefit. Don't take it. And so, you know, I'm just going to tell you who shouldn't take it. So there's a subgroup of women with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, who present with excessive um, adrenal androgen production. So basically, like, you have um, elevated androgens like testosterone and that's called hyperandrogenism, which kind of shows up as hirsutism, which is like hair growth, maybe on your cheeks, your nipples, your belly, uh, rage, anxiety. These are things I mentioned before, um, irregular or absent menses. So if, if you are, and there are adrenal disorders too, where you could be producing too much androgen. So if you are in a hyper and androgenic state, so you have an excess of androgens, which can your doctor can check that for you, this is not a supplement for you this would make you worse. It's also not good for men with prostate cancer because they are generally not wanting, they shouldn't have testosterone. I also caution you if you're a highly anxious or like short fuse temper person, you feel kind of hot regularly that this may not be something that's for you. It may be more for you if you tend to be more tired, more foggy, you have some weight on you, you have maybe a lower libido. Like in terms of profile, this might be more of a fit for you. The studies are on 25 milligrams three times a day. I say if you're going to try it, start with 25 milligrams um, early in the day and pay attention to how you feel. Like don't take it at night because then you could be up. It's a stimulating thing. And, you know, don't go up to 75 milligrams right away. I would, I would take a couple weeks to kind of you know, go up after a few days of being on it and seeing how you're re reacting to it. And maybe you'd be better off at a low dose. You could take it for 30 days and then see if your AMH has changed because that was in the study. It showed that it was between 30 and 120 days. So it might be a thing where you measure your AMH once a month for four months to see if it's going up. Uh, and so this is something, you know, that could be a therapy for women who have low AMH that are trying to get a better rendering out of their IVF cycles, you know, or have other kind of signs or have a diagnosed low level of, of DHEA or low androgens that might be affecting their reproductive function. I get a lot of DMs asking me where to get quality supplements and herbs. And there is no secret to it that you can email us anytime and we will literally send you a link. 
info at Naturna Life is where you will email for supplements and we can just send you a link prescription for whatever it is that you are seeking. So just put in the email the items that you want to buy and we can put it in a linked email and you can just click on that link and the stuff will be right there for you. We will choose the brands and make sure they're in the cart with the instructions. Hope this was helpful. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community, and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.